Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. We're so glad you tuned in today, and if you're in the area, come out and join us at our new home, located at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. If you are unable to attend, you can tune in on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. And don't forget to join us for our worship on Instagram Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, 30 minutes before the YouTube broadcasts. We would also like to encourage you to check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org where you can keep up on the current messages, ministries, and happenings at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Today our teaching is in the book of 2 Kings chapter 19. Here's Pastor Ryan. Because he honored the Lord by cleaning out the temple, removing pagan worship, turning the people's hearts back to God, um, the Lord blessed him and prospered him wherever he went. And so Hezekiah is a wonderful example of, of being blessed when we reform our lives in Christ, when we give Jesus our heart and give way to the changes that need to be done in our life. Boy, does God bless. He blesses. He changes us and blesses us. And so whatever those things are in our lives, we have to get rid of. I mean, that's the lesson of Hezekiah. And that all that he did prospered. And the other lesson is kind of a negative one in his life. Not, not a kind of, it is a negative. Hezekiah, when God established his kingdom, and when God blessed them with prosperity, he took his foot off the pedal, so to say. He, he, his his piousness or his zealousness for the Lord began to fade away because he was in such prosperity that Hezekiah didn't handle it well. He, he took his foot off the gas. He wasn't as on fire for the Lord as he had been. In fact, we're told in scripture that it got to his head that he actually um, thought highly of himself. So rather than continuing to give God the glory, he began to uh, foolishly believe that the prosperity was the result of his own goodness or his own greatness. But the reality of Christianity, my brothers and sisters, is that anything good that comes about our lives, anything good that happens to us, it's by the grace of God. It's not because we're, we're smart. It's not because we're good looking. It's not because we're, 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 you know, we have all of these gifts, but it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And John the Baptist famously said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him by the Lord. And that Christ must increase, that God must increase, and that we must decrease. And so Hezekiah had a, a tough lesson. And in our story, he, he is humbling himself because the enemy is at the door literally for his kingdom. And in my reading today, I was so blown away with Charles Spurgeon's daily devotion. For those of you who who read that you know what I'm talking about but I was so blown away Charles Spurgeon was a one of the best preachers ever from the 1800s in England 
any books on him or that he's written will bless your life, guys. That's Charles Spurgeon. And they call him the Prince of Preachers. But he had, a, in his devotion, he spoke on, on uh, Philippians 4, verse 12. And you know 12 and 13. You know where it goes, where it says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And, and so in the devotion, he only had the part of the scripture where it says, I know how to abound. I know how to abound. And this is what he says. Pay attention. There are many who know how to be abased. That means to be poor. There are many who know how to be poor know how to be abased, know how to be low, who have not learned how to abound. There are many of us who have learned to be broke, poor, low, who have not learned how to abound. When they are set upon the top of a pinnacle, their heads grow dizzy, and they are ready to fall. The Christian far often disgraces his profession in prosperity than in adversity. It is a dangerous thing to be prosperous, Charles Spurgeon would say. The crucible of adversity is a less severe trial to the Christian than the fining pot of prosperity. So Charles Spurgeon is saying that a heavier trial is to be prosperous in the Lord than it is to be abased in the Lord. When all of us are abased and broke and poor and in need, there's only one way but up. Amen. And so it's, it's, it's more, we're more apt to pray to God when we're down, right? But he says that the, the, that the heavier trial of one's life is when they prosper. He says, oh, what leans, as in, you know, skinny or, 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 yeah, oh, what leans or less, oh, what leans of soul and neglect of spiritual things have been brought on through the very mercies and bounties of God. Yet this is not a matter of necessity for the apostle, Paul here, right, tells us that he knew how to abound. When he had much, he knew how to use it. Abundant grace enabled him to bear abundant prosperity. It is a divine lesson to know how to be full. For the Israelites were once full. But while the flesh was yet in their mouth, the wrath of God came upon them. That's good, huh? And then that reminds you of Hezekiah. He was so into the Lord. His father was wicked. He, he becomes king though now and he does things completely different to honor God. And God was so blessed that God blessed him back. But when he prospered, he took his foot off the gas. He got complacent. He was no longer accountable to the Lord like he used to. And he began to you know, live for himself and, and not, not give God the glory we need God's grace. What I have learned, and I learned this lesson very much so today, guys. And sometimes it's the things we learn today that matter most. Today, right? Obviously, we need God's grace with God's mercies. We need God's grace with God's mercies. God's mercies are the blessings that we don't deserve. 
you name it, the prayer that you're praying, that you're asking God, please bless my life with, with this job, with this relationship, with this ministry, with this, this blessing that I desire, Lord. But with that, say, Lord, give me grace to handle that mercy should you desire to give that prayer request and, or answer it. So we need God's grace with God's mercies. If he blesses, we must ask for the grace to handle it gracefully. Giving God every inch of the glory and continuing in the obedience to his word in every way. I believe that God withholds certain blessings from us when we're abased that we are desiring to not be abased we're desiring to have plenty and have more and at times god doesn't answer the prayers to have more to receive more to get the better job to get the the relationship that we want repaired or or whatever the desire is when we're abased there are times where god purposely does not answer the prayer because he sees that we are not faithful in the grace that he has given us when we were abased so here we are lord we're praying for something more but i'm down here i'm abased i'm broke i need a better job in our abasement god's watching to see if we're faithful if you're not faithful when you're poor and broken all alone there's no seeking of the Lord. There's no praying. There's no fellowshipping. There's no accountability. God sees how we are when we're broke. And Paul learned how to be broke and be cool. What was Paul doing when he was broke? He still served the Lord. He learned to be broke and still serve the Lord, love the Lord, honor God's word. So then God can bless them knowing, hey, Paul, if you're faithful to me when you're broke, Chances are you'll be faithful to me when, you're, when you have plenty. A lot of times we're crying out for more, but we're not faithful in the little things. We want more. We want this. We want that. We want it in our timing. And God's like, you know what? Just stay there for a while. Let me see how faithful you are there. And it begins at home. Faithfulness at home. Like I shared on Sunday where I had to tell one brother, you know, the best thing for you to do is put the ministry down and, and get things right with your wife and to check your son. Don't let him boss you around in the house. 23-year-old, you know, check that. You know, this church has been of tremendous blessing for all of us. And I'm grateful to the Lord and seeing the absolute joy and blessings manifested in all of you the smiles the comfort the warm the kids playing classrooms for the kids i peeked in right now and man the classroom was so packed it was wonderful to hear the kids voices we have a mom's room we have you know we can do our events here now we can hang out there's no time limit we it's like a, a tremendous blessing for our church hallelujah to the lord thank you jesus for it you know but I find myself here because I pastor the church, so I get, you know, it's God's house. He's given me a set of keys, so I get to walk around when no one's here, and I and I trip out. I I'm blown. I'm still not. I'm still blown away by the whole thing. I can't. It's like I pinch myself. And one of the things that I was that frightened me is like, Lord, help me not to mess this up. I don't want to mess it up. I want to be faithful. I want to do well i want to stay the pace humble all of the things that 
that got us here. I want to continue those things and improve on those things. You know, my pastor is like a proud spiritual father of mine, and he tells everybody about what God has done. And I tell you, there are pastors in Calvary completely blown away at our story, completely blown away that in the middle of COVID, we got a church and a price that is unbelievable. That's what God can do. And I was over at Revival in Menifee, Calvary Chapel Revival. And uh, John Stewart is the executive pastor there under John Miller. And John Stewart's a lifelong friend of Pastor Jerry, and both of them were the ones who ordained me. And he, he looked at me and he was like, what did God do? And he was so blown away. So was John Miller. John Miller could, not, could barely eat his food when we were having lunch, Pastor John Miller. He could barely finish. He go, I cannot. We never got a break like that, Ryan. Never got a break. He's talking about his church. Uh, back at the Red Barn in San Bernardino. And John Stewart looked at me and he said, Ryan, whatever you did to get you where you're at right now, keep doing it. Amen. Keep doing it. Don't stop. Hezekiah went far. Hezekiah stopped. Lord, help us to learn how to abound. And I have such peace that he is teaching, not just me, but all of you, how to abound. Look at you act all comfy in your new pews and your new church, huh? You're abounding, huh? Let's see. All right. Yeah. Stay humble now. Stay humble now. He did it. He did it in one month. Did he not? That's crazy. All glory to the Lord in one month. So anyways, that's, that's the prefix of our message. But anyways, Hezekiah was humble, um, was, was finally humbled. And he went to the house of the Lord and he prayed. Because, hey guys, destruction is at the door. And we pray that it doesn't take destruction to be at the door for people to get back in the church. And I'm speaking to pastors first that are out there not opening their doors. And the congregations that are out there. But I, I, it's just serious. So anyway, so Hezekiah gets up from praying in the house of the Lord. He sends his messengers to Isaiah the prophet. Verse 5, it says, So the servants of the king of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. And Isaiah said to them, Thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid of the words which you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria has, have blasphemed me. Surely I will send a spirit upon him, and he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land. And I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. And so Hezekiah sends his servants, his ambassadors to Isaiah the prophet. And you, isn't it beautiful? Like when the, the most powerful kingdom at that time, the ruler of the Middle East... His army is at the door at Jerusalem. Hezekiah is no longer seeking military advice. Hezekiah is not looking for medical advice. Hezekiah is not looking for the other nations to come and help him anymore. When everything has failed, Hezekiah knows and remembers now where to go. You must go to the prophet of the Lord Most High. Because he's the only one, King Hezekiah, that can help the nation. 
That is still true today. You put the nations of this world in turmoil. You pin any nation up against the wall when they're at their wit's end. And it's surprising what world leaders would do. Some might even turn to the living God for help. God is still the head of the nations, but it, it, is, it is a word from the Lord that he needs. He doesn't need a word from, from other nations. He needs God. And how the church in America needs to remember that. We need a word from the Lord. We need to hear from God's men. God's men. And God's women, if the men are ranking out and there's no one else to preach in the jungle. It's time that people listen to God's men again. And go... And how does this shepherd of Israel, this prophet Isaiah, the famous Isaiah, respond? What does God say through this prophet? What, what were his first words? Do not be afraid of the words you have heard, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the words which you have heard. Is that not a word for today? There's so much misinformation. There's so much drama. They have turned COVID-19 into a scandemic. They have used it as a tool to scare people. To even pretend they don't know what God says about fellowship. And we say, if anyone's sick, stay home. If you, want, if you need to take precautions, please do. We're not against that. But the fact that churches are still closed, pastors are not pastoring their flocks, they're not shepherding their flocks. What are they waiting for? Don't they care about the sheep, I heard one pastor say. And I love that. We're not hirelings. It is God who raises us up and puts us down if he pleases it's not the government. It's not our, our non-profit 501c3 status. The Lord maintains the church. No one can take it. No one can, can bring this down. He said it. He promised it. Where are the pastors? Do not be over the, afraid of the words which you have heard. And nothing has changed. Bad news then, bad news now. We live in a world, get ready, where you're going to hear more and more bad news. And it's cool, because the good news is in our hearts. And we are to live it out, and we are to preach the good news to people that are lost. That Jesus Christ is all-powerful, all-loving. Stronger is he who is in us than he who is in the world. He changes us. He blesses our life. And we are at war. And he said, if they hated me, they will hate you. We are not greater than our master. We are his servants. And if they hated our master, they're going to hate his servants. Everyone, so many are playing it safe. Do not be afraid of their words. That, hope that sinks in. Don't, do not be afraid. What, what are we afraid of? Nothing has changed. Bad news then, bad news now. God said that he would give us shepherds after his own hearts that will give his people wisdom. The shepherd, go call the shepherd of Israel. Go call, go call Isaiah. He'll give us the truth. You can't say that with all pastors. 
not in the city of Banny, not in the city of Boma, not in the not in the county of Riverside. Not all pastors are the same. Not all Christians are the same. Jesus said you will know them by their fruits. Some of the biggest pastors in our county, they do nothing but ask for money. Especially around this time, at the end of the year, the beginning of the next year. Hey, just if you had a notice, it's the end of the year. If you want to give, you should give. If it's your time to join us in ministry. Chuck Smith never did that. Not once. Because where God guides, he provides. I am shocked. Maybe I shouldn't be. But the Lord promised to give us shepherds, and he gave a shepherd to Judah. They weren't alone. They had Isaiah. In Jeremiah 3.15, the Lord's speaking about, you know, after the captivity, the, the Israelites would come back from Babylon. But, uh, and, and it says that, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. The way God organizes his church is that he raises up shepherds pastors ministers not to lord over people not to be glorified by the people but pastors to, who care for god's people who will give them the truth of god wisdom and the lord promises that he would give his people shepherds in Jeremiah 23, verse 4, look at this one. It says, I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Because the Lord gives pastors, he says, I will set up shepherds over them, pastors over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more. He's not talking about, okay, guys, come get your hamburger. He's talking about the word of God. They will feed you and they will fear no more. They will be dismayed no more. Many say they're not afraid. Pastors say they're not afraid. They just won't open their church because they're just, you know, concerned and playing it safe. It's been a year. It's been a year. Both pastors and congregants. Isn't wisdom known by their fruits? So many say, oh, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm just, you're playing it safe for a whole year? I love, I love people. And I don't mean to, to condemn anybody. But isn't wisdom known by her fruits? Isn't faith seen by its works? Are we living by faith or by science? And the Bible says to test all things. You and I know that you have to have faith to believe some of the science that's out there. Because they don't have facts. Nor do they let their facts be investigated. We are a people that walks not by sight or by science, but by faith. Who believe that God flooded the earth and saved eight people. Who believe that there was a prophet named Jonah who was swallowed by a great fish and was preserved in the belly of the fish for three days and was spit out on the shores three days later. None of us. I mean, that's what we believe. 
What does the, the scientific world who believes that we come from slime have anything to do with telling us when it's safe for us to go to church? You will know them by their fruits. What Christian told you? Oh, well, he's a doctor, but he's a Christian. How good of a Christian is he? Have you asked? Where does he go to church? Rick Warren's church? Where does he go to church? Seeker Friendly Church? Where does he go to church? Joel Osteen? Where does he go to church? What does she read? Is she in this? Narrow is the path that leads to life. Broad is the path that leads to destruction. And there are many who are on that path to destruction. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio with the Bible teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein. If you're in the area, come out and join us at our new location at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. If you would like more information or would like to send a gift to the ministry, check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org or you can call us at 951 951- 572-2309. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above-